We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, and two again. Here we go. Struck him out. This zany ride to the finish line is finally over. Unbuckle your seatbelts. Socks are 4 0 against the Cubs. The winners of the vaunted Win Trust Cup. They lost last night. 7 0. Alec Mills and the Cubs took care of the White Sox, but we all know who the better team is. It is. Uh, unbelievably glaringly obvious we did not think we'd necessarily be here when we hit the end of August for this last of the two crosstown series although some of you did some of you thought well I'm betting the under on the Cubs at 70 some wins because they start dealing people at the deadline it can get ugly fast uh, and it has let's talk about fandom in this town with somebody who knows more, has seen more in terms of Chicago baseball than just about anybody in this town. It's a pleasure to welcome Paul Sullivan, the Chicago Tribunes in the wake of the news columnist, baseball writer, and uh, heir to the Jerome Holtzman throne as the grizzled old baseball salt of this town. I think you have to take it, Sully. I think you got to wear that. Cantankerous uh, old coot? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> is that I me guess, now? See, what I is guess it, so. Well, what is it? What does it say? Yeah, I don't know. What does it say that that goes along with simply seeing a lot of baseball? That you become a cantankerous old coot? What? What? What does that mean about the game and the effect it has? I, I don't. I you know I grew up in the press box uh, with a bunch of uh, old coots, and uh, they were my friends, and and uh, you know I. It seems like. I'm way younger than than them now, even though I'm their age. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the Gleasons and the Jouses and Pablo, yeah. Lefty Logan, guys like that. But, uh, yeah, it's weird, but uh, I guess I got to wear it. So what would they have said if they saw what is undoubtedly happening um, this summer, which is a bunch of people, uh, most of them kids, impressionable ones, jumping from Cubs fandom to White Sox fandom. Like, it, it, it is happening. I, I, I've heard stories uh, from people directly, uh, anecdotally. Like, it is happening. What, what would they have said? Is, is that, was that allowed? Was that considered allowed at that time? No, I don't think back in the day, uh, you know, 20 years ago, that this kind of stuff happened. I don't think Cub fans were jumping on the 83 Sox bandwagon or vice versa in 84. 
Uh, I do think it's kind of a new phenomenon and hmm. probably a lot of factors involved. Um, it's just a different generation, for one thing. Um, I think they, you know, they like individuals as much as they like the team, maybe. And the White Sox have a lot of, you know, entertaining players that uh, are easy to, you know, to follow and to like. Um, and also, I think, you know, basically the Cubs and Sox are TV. As much as we like to think of a fan as going to the game, it's, it's mostly a TV show. And uh, if you want to watch the White Sox and you're a Cub fan, I don't see what's wrong with that. Hmm. Uh, well, well, that's that, that's so it's interesting. You, you think it's um, you think it's a fairly new phenomenon. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, here's I, I'm trying to th- figure out what was happening. And, and maybe you can help me as best you can um, as as the Sox. And it was before your time, too. But when the Sox bailed from WGN. What was that 1968 because they were unhappy being the little brother team there they had been yeah. um they, they had been 17 straight winning seasons uh for the white Sox between 51 and 67 they outdrew the cubs in all those years so i'm just just going back to the middle yeah. of the last last century and then they bail yeah. from gn and the cubs take off at that point in the 70s uh, and the 80s with GN um, and the national, uh, you know, television product and everything. So, like, is that when it became and has it, has it maintained being Cubs dominant from that point forward, you think? Well, I would say, um, yeah, you know, going to, I think, Sox went to Channel 32 or Channel 44 at the time back yep. then. Um, but when they had Harry Carey uh, for a few years there uh, in the 70s, it was still... You know, there was still a lot of uh, Sox fandom and Sox fever, 77 in particular. Uh, I, I really think it was the 84 Cubs that changed everything because the 83 Sox, obviously, uh, LaRusso's team was so great, and they went to the playoffs and, and you know, folded there. But it looked like uh, and they got Tom Seaver in 84. It looked like it was going to be a Sox town. And then the Cubs had that great year um, with Rhino and – you know, uh, the Penguin and Jody. And and then I think since then, uh, it just took off. And I don't think it's ever gone back since. Even in 05, I think the uh, the Cubs outdrew the White Sox that year. Yeah, it, you know, but this is a, this seems to be a very ripe moment right now. And maybe, and part of it is, you know, most most fans do have marquee at this point, but some still do not. Um, but I mean, after decades of of the yeah, I don't know wife, about that. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, so do that's most the thing. Fans like, have marquee? I I I think so. I, I you know, I, I I think so. They're on Comcast, and uh, you know, I don't know if they're on all the the other ones uh, streaming. It's it's hard to say that now. I, they're I know under, they were uh, at the beginning. Yeah, did uh, some uh, of them drop a uh, marquee? Uh, Dish, Dish is the only one I know for sure that remains an issue. Um, a, a direct, Direct yeah, TV okay. is still there, but I guess, but that's okay. the question. Like, is it? Is it? Is NBC Sports Chicago a more accessible television product right now than than, than marquee? If you know, from that perspective, uh, it could be. I mean, I don't, I don't know their deal either. I, I think there's some. Wasn't there some someone that dropped them too? Yes. The whole streaming thing is, uh, you know, I can't keep track of it all. But uh, I think, you know, the Sox are, are a young, younger team, younger, 
fan base, it seems like. I mean, you still have the old timers, but I think uh, they really relate to this generation, a younger generation, with the way they react. Uh, you know, people love Tim Anderson. Um, it's it's just a just a very fun team to watch. And then you have the Cubs. Uh, you know, they just had the sell-off. Uh, yeah. A lot of people, let's frankly, don't like the Ricketts for their politics and other reasons, but a lot of them for their politics. And, uh, you know, just just the whole vibe has changed almost overnight at Wrigley Field. So uh, it, it, if you want to watch baseball, if you love baseball, I can see people doing it. I still think it's going to be a Cubs town overall just because the the numbers say that even our numbers, uh, you know, we get metrics every day on who reads what, and there's still mm-hmm. more people reading about the Cubs than the White Sox. So uh, I don't think that's going to change, but I think there, the intensity of the White Sox is, is really growing in the oh, that's fans. In- that's interesting. So people are still reading more Tribune pieces about the Cubs than the White Sox. I wonder if that's true. I'm- for 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 the other for the other newspapers and if there's like any yeah. assu- assumed bias from uh, from 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 people on the Tribune because they used to own the Cubs. I don't know if you remember that. It's a long time ago, Paul. I, but, I, I uh, do remember that. I heard a rumor about that, and, and yeah. you know, there's probably other factors. The we didn't cover the Sox uh, one year, a couple of years ago, so maybe a lot of Sox fans, you know, mm-hmm. just bolted then. But you know, the the Athletic has. Uh, Two Cubs writers, one Sox writer. ESPN has no Sox writers. They have uh, Jesse Rogers is you know doing some for the White Sox, but he's still considered a Cubs writer by most. Uh, so I think if you look at it, uh, the Cubs still get more coverage, and and that's probably the way it's always going to be. So 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 you don't recall any specific time in 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 history where where it happened um, with regularity. Like I, I, I hear from, no. for, for, I hear from some people, you know, anecdotes, uh, you know, one guy responded to us on Twitter saying, I remember the Oh five playoffs, a couple of uh, Cub fans wearing bisexual t-shirts with both the Cubs and the Sox logos on them, trying to do that. I mean, we all, we, yeah, we all remember, it's gonna we be all that. Rem- right. And some people wearing yeah. the hat, uh, the, the 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 hat or Ray Rayner wearing the hat right with the the Ray Rayner hat yeah the double yeah. cap yeah with the double with the double cap I mean sometimes <laughs> people will go for the double but the full on yeah. flip I mean it's natural for kids to do it it's natural for kids and I'm I'm hearing from listeners saying that their kids said you know what I'm done and they grabbed a White Sox hat and they flipped that's kind of how it happens sometimes and those guys might not count in your fancy Tribune metrics Sully. Yes, that's true, and I I do have to think that it would be a lot easier to flip uh, to the White Sox than for a White Sox fan to flip to the Cubs, because I think there's just more of a hostility towards the Cubs and the North Side thing from Southsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it wasn't that long ago the Cubs were in the World Series and there was bars uh, owned by some friends of mine even that had. You know, on the advertising sign outside, you know, come watch the Cubs lose to whoever they were playing that day in the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, there's still a lot of anti-Cubs sentiment. I don't think the anti-Sox sentiment is is just nearly as harsh in Chicago for whatever reason. And, um, you know, and like I said, I think there's still TV teams more than I don't see. I don't think you're going to see a lot of Cubs going out to Sox Park. Uh, down the stretch, but I, I do think you'll see them watching them on TV. 
Well, it's uh, it's it's interesting, especially when you think about the history of the entire thing, how like when when Charlie Comiskey brought the team, what, from St. Paul to Chicago and the Cubs wouldn't allow them to be north of 35th Street. You know, like like the the rivalry. Yeah, that was before me, uh, Spigs. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, I, I do. I am I don't aware go that back that far. But but like uh, I yeah. I love that like the roots of this stuff are so real and so honest in some ways. Like we poo poo it, and the tribalism gets laughed at or whatever. But like the Cubs wouldn't let them be north of Thirty Fifth Street. Um, like yeah. the the Cubs Cubs owners were on the board of the Chicago Athletic uh, Association downtown and wouldn't let Charlie Comiskey into the uh, Chicago Athletic Association for like a decade in the 1890s. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's it's always been so petty and so um, a, a, and so territorial. It's no it's no yeah. happenstance that it still is, is my thought. Well, you know, maybe that's just a Chicago thing. I mean, it's a, we're yep. a very hostile, bitter town. I don't know if you get the same thing in Oakland and San Francisco. I don't think they care as much and probably not even as much in New York with the Mets and the Yankees. But when you think about it, there's only two ways you become a fan. Either you're in, it's instilled in you from your family, your parents, your grandparents, or you just organically decide, hey, I'm going to be a, a fan of this team. And uh, I think in Chicago, our my generation, mostly it's instilled in you. And I think in the maybe the Zoomers or Generation Z or Millennials, maybe it's a little different, and uh, they're just not as possessive as uh, their parents were of of what team they were supposed to root for. Sully, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. And uh, next next round's on me at one of those bars where you know uh, your friends own it. Hey, thanks for the story idea. I got a good uh, column out of it. So <laughs> you got it. Thanks. Paul. You deserve a cold byline, Speaks. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Thanks, Matt. That's Paul Sullivan from the Chicago Tribune. Um, to just to, to to set the record straight on on one thing that we did discuss. Um, there were years there where the Cubs and the White Sox were both on WGN for a long, long time, but then the White Sox jumped. And Channel 32 was indeed where they jumped. It was still, you know, very much in its infancy. That's what UHF versus VHF. But the White Sox went there and Channel 9 ended up going to 150 Cubs games on TV. And then eventually, when the Cubs were put through on the big old satellite as part of, part of the, becoming a superstation nationally, that obviously kicked Cub fandom into an even higher gear. But the White Sox decision to leave WGN was a big, big deal in 1968. Um, they all ended up on a channel that was hard to find. And um, they played some of their home games in Milwaukee for a couple of years there, which is a true story, a true weird story. And then that kind of continued in 78 when Reinsdorf and Eddie Einhorn bought the White Sox. They wanted to make the TV product a moneymaker. They ended up being way ahead of their time, but they made it more difficult for fans to find them. You know about some of that chapter, what ended up being the sports channel and sports, you know, a different. It, it, it ended up being very much in contrast with the Cubs and WGN being everywhere. And we've reached what I think is a really interesting moment for the potential of fan flipping. And some of that is having to do with the accessibility of the television product in changing times. 
And, you know, I'm not sure how you guys watch your games, but sometimes I, I, I'll use the app for either team. Use the marquee app to watch it, and I use my login credentials, or I use the My Teams app to watch the Sox and use my login credentials. But I want to hear your stories of fan flipping. Tell me about your kids or your neighborhood kids that you have observed. Tell me about their viewing habits. I'm curious. 312-644-6767. by the way, was when the Sox were bought by Reinsdorf and Einhorn. 78 is when WGN-TV became a national entity via satellite. Had my dates mixed up there for a moment. Thank you to Texters for uh, the, uh, the help. And thank you to Texas for your input on this. And I want to hear from you guys on the phone lines at 312-644-6767. Have you seen your kids flip? Are you flipping? Curious. On Hit and Run on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There are the targets. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. It's hit and run. It's me, Matt Spiegler, with you. Just talked to Paul Sullivan. Talked to John Greenberg from The Athletic at the top of the hour. Get him to weigh in on this. But I wanted to hear from you guys on the flipping. We, we've done a lot today. Talked to Doug Glanville. That was really fun. Uh, Bob Kendrick from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. I gave you my full 26-man roster of an all-city team that somehow included seven Cubs currently. Maybe seven is too high. But that was fun. Then we started talking about flipping, and I want to hear the stories that are happening in your house or in your neighborhood. This tweet from Hot Pants Popcorn. My six-year-old whispered in my ear the other day, don't be mad at me. I kind of really like the White Sox. I whispered back, so do I, but don't tell anyone. This is a real interesting thought from 
uh, on Twitter from Hawthorne Casino and Racecourse Insider's Guide. That's the name of his uh, account. It'll always be a one-way crossing from Cubs to Sox fans. The base of organic Chicago-born and bred Cub fans has been replaced. I'll add augmented by that to add just to not destroy the effect that he wants. The base of organic Chicago-born and bred Cub fans has been augmented by transplants and suburbanites who infiltrated the north side. They go with what's hot and new. The White Sox fan base is rooted in a ride-or-die Southside culture. So that guy is saying, if it is a guy, I don't know, that person is saying that Sox fans never flip to the Cubs. That they never do. But Cub fans flipping to the Sox, sure. That's always going to be something that is noticed, and that happens. We've got callers on the line at 312-644-6767. But I also understand that there's a secret that needs to come out, and I think the time is right now. My name is Matt Spiegel. The show is produced ably by Sean Anderson, who we call the phenom around 670 The Score because he's young and he's real good at his job, um, and everybody knows it. But tell me, is there something I should know, Mr. White Sox fan, ardent, passionate White Sox fan, Sean? Yeah, for the first seven years of my life, I was a Cubs fan, uh, mainly because of the guy who I played uh, hitting a 66 home run coming back, you know, Sammy Sosa. Blue and red were my favorite colors growing up. My birthday is August 21st. Sammy wears 21, and he's hitting mm-hmm. 60 home runs in a season. Of course, I'm going to be a fan of the coolest guy in town. Yeah, it's tough not to... Go with that. So what happens when you're seven? How old were you? Or what year were you seven? So it was 2004. So it was after the Bartman <laughs> year. So the 2003 year was pretty rough for me. It was probably, you know, the most tragic season I've ever watched. Wow. And then in 2004. So yeah. Okay. I'm, letting, I'm letting this register. Letting this register. Of course. So you are a hardcore young childlike. In fact, you were a child. Not even just childlike. A full-on child. As a Cub fan. And you'd felt the heartbreak of 2003. Like, were you awake for game six against the Marlins as a six-year-old? Oh, yeah. And, of course. I mean, you see, you see it go down the line. And at that point, I, I mean, I, I'm siding with Moises Alou. I'm, I'm mad as hell at Steve Bartman. I don't know sure. what's going on. But Moises so you, is mad you and I'm mad. That. You experienced that as a young Cub fan. And then, see, this actually makes all the sense in the world to me. 2004 was among the most unlikable Cubs teams of my lifetime. Probably number one. By the end of that year, it had gotten so unlikable that that whole thing. So did you feel a sense of dislike for them at that point? Well, I think that year they dealt with Pryor getting injured. So that that hurt me because I I love Pryor. And then Sosa had his bat cork incident. So that Uh really turned me off because I I wasn't into cheaters, right? Like Sammy's cheating. He's, He's going against the game. I didn't know about steroids at the time, so you know that really yeah. ruined baseball for me, um, especially with Alex Rodriguez being my other favorite player. Oh God, yeah. So, and the other thing, you know, when I say unlikable, as an adult, I knew about Kent Merker and several of those Cubs who stormed the freaking press box to try and confront Steve Stone and Chip Carey for what they deemed, um, you know. Uh, what they deemed critical broadcasting from the broadcast team. It's just a, a loathsome uh, bit of, uh, of player empowerment against the media at that point. But you were young. You didn't know about that. You had a cheater in your midst in Sammy Sosa. And the White Sox became attractive? 
Yeah. A- after the 2004 season, I was like, this team is are just a bunch of losers. They're never going to win. I'm never going to watch Cubs baseball ever again in my life. I'm going to become a Sox fan. And then luckily enough, they won that year. So it was really kind of a sign that I should just be a Sox fan. Mm-hmm. And there you were. And it happened. See, this is how it happens. And now it's ride or die. <laughs> now you're deep and invested in ride or die. Wow. 312, it's fascinating. Thank you for, uh, for sharing, Sean. Sandy is in Carroll's stream and is now on hit and run on 670 The Score. Hey, Sandy, how are you? Hello, Sandy. It's okay. P- uh, put Sandy back on hold. Let's go to Chris in Lombard on hit and run. Hello, Chris. How are you? Very good. Hello. Um, I want a little bit of a backstory before I tell you about the flips. I'm 51. When I was nine, I went to my first Cubs game, which was my first baseball game. Sitting behind home plate, went to catch a foul ball, and a guy grabbed the foul ball out of my mitt. Then, that same year, I went to Disco Demolition with my uncle for a double header and got so pissed that I had to leave with the riot that went on. I wrote a letter to the White Sox, and they actually sent me four games of four tickets each as a nine-year-old with my letter I wrote for grade school, and that hooked me as a Sox fan as a kid. Now, mine are 15 right now. They've been Sox fans since they were born. I was one of those that hammered it into them. But I took them last night to a game with, two of their friends from their travel team that have always been Cub fans. And when I picked these kids up, my son handed them both jerseys for the socks that he had because they had called them earlier and said, can we have a socks jersey to wear? We can't stand the Cubs anymore. <laughs> so last night, they're the two diehard Cub fans, I'm sure their dads are pissed, but I got a picture of them in an Abreu, Abreu jersey. My son had my old Tommy jersey on, and one of them has an Anderson jersey oh with their sock. See, so, this is I, 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 the question is whether it will last. How old are they? Fifteen, all of them. Fifth, They're sophomores fifth. in high school. Wow. Yep. Fifteen. Fifteen is man. You are a you are a sentient being at fifteen. You have. A lot of free will. I mean, you can't drive yourself to the game. You still, uh, you still need Chris and Lombard to drive you to the game. But you can make your own decisions. And can you get me a Sox jersey? I can't stand the Cubs anymore. Wow. We'll see if this thing lasts. We'll see if this moment translates to more. We'll see how quickly the Cubs come back. But it is a palpable moment to notice and feel. And there are, there are always haters when you bring up some of this stuff, you know. Oh, what a tired storyline. Whatever, dude. Go away. We'll find something else that makes you happy then. This is a moment that is happening in a two-team town. And it is palpable. It is noticeable. It is, uh, it's visual in lots of different ways. I just saw last night that uh, NBC's Sports Chicago shifted Matty Lee to the White Sox to be along with Vinnie Duber covering the White Sox. I think Gordon Whitmire is left alone there covering the Cubs. Um, and it, it's so you see it in moments like that where the media 
uh, shifts their focus and their attention. You can hear it in the sound of uh, baseball conversation on a Sunday morning in a two-team town. You can notice it all over the place. Uh, James Fox, Jim and Lockport, texted in. I teach and coach in the Southwest Burbs, speaks. There's sock stuff everywhere down here. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. First year, I've really noticed. You, yes, this is a moment. This is happening. And whether it lasts or not is another question. Because this, the Cubs could be competing again very, very soon. They will be. They can't afford, and I don't mean financially, but from a, from a PR perspective, I guess I do mean financially because you want to draw. You want to make sure that you draw. You want to make sure you have people there attending games, buying beer, hanging around, buying jerseys, and doing everything. You're dependent on game day revenue. You need to make those games exciting, make those games interesting quickly. And it can be dangerous it has been dangerous in the past to have that as a goal because it has made them think we're not that far away, as my friend and former teammate Barry Rosner always used to say. We're not that far away because that's what happened for 30 years, 40 years. The Cubs thought they're not that far away and they tried to piecemeal it together. Then Theo Epstein came to town and they ripped it down to the studs and they had a plan to build it all back up and it worked. It very much worked. And now here they are, stripped again, pretty bare, not quite as bare, and not as far away as they were once they especially went backwards in 2012 and 13. They're not as far away. They're, they're not that far away. Really? Yeah, they're not. Next week on, uh, on Hit and Run, I promise we will take a, a closer look at the Cubs and talk about exactly how far away they may or may not be. I promise we'll do that next week. But the broad stroke of it is that some aggressiveness this offseason is called for, is possible, and is necessary to make sure this uh, town doesn't flip quite as dramatically as it feels like it is. Let's go to Willie on the north side, who's now on 670 to score on hit and run. Hello, Willie. Good morning. Good morning. In 1970, the White Sox moved to on TV. They moved to cable. Mm -hmm. We couldn't afford cable. And I lived in Inglewood. Going to the White Sox games was not safe. And the park itself was a little rough. And so culturally, as you remember, not a lot of black people on TV. The mm -hmm. Cubs has three black baseball players. So it was also the time that they played. So I could run home from school and watch Billy Williams make an amazing play in the last inning. So I became a Cubs fan solely. At the beginning of this year, in January, I called all of my White Sox fans because it was friends, because it was competition. And I told them I'm now a White Sox fan. And it's solely because I love the diversity on the White Sox team. It has true, real, I absolutely love Tim Anderson. And I love um, just all of the different types of players they have, big, tall, short, fat, race. It, it reminds me of being able to see different players in the 1970s. That team reminds me of that right now. Their diversity is fantastic. So the White Sox did the impossible. 
they brought me back to the White Sox. Wow, I Willie, love this, is, this team. Stay, stay on the phone with me here, Willie. This is a great phone call. This is really interesting because I've heard a lot about that <clears throat> that period in the '70s where you're talking about talking to former players, talking to like Latroy Hawkins and like Marvin Freeman, guys who who were Cub fans, grew up around here and became Cub fans because of that ability to see people that looked like them in the afternoons, you know, when they were awake and, uh, and, and, right. and, 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 and could watch. Um, and you still identify, you still look at your teams and you want to see some folks that look like you or, or at least, or, or, you know, I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but you talk about Tim Anderson but also it's just the diversity. The White Sox have a really have a lot of really good stories and interesting people on them, don't they, as it, a roster? It is absolutely thrilling to watch because you get what the world truly looks like, what America truly looks like on the White Sox. Hmm. You can see somebody from everywhere. And it is absolutely fantastic. And yes, in the 1970s, people don't like talking about that stuff, but there simply were only white males on television. So, and we know psychologically, people need to see somebody who looks like them to really think, I can do that in the future. Hmm. And so looking at those 70s Cubs teams with Ferguson Jenkins, who was just one of the greatest pitchers of all time, Yep. Billy Williams, who's still revered right now. Ernie Banks, who could hit a home run that looked, it was just graceful, made me feel like, well, hey, I can do stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's only psychologically natural. The White Sox are in that position right now. I mean, you didn't even get it with Frank Thomas because, frankly, at the time, Frank Thomas was distant from the community. Tim mm-hmm. Anderson is a part of the community. See, the, and that was the problem with these recent Cubs. They weren't really, you don't really, you didn't get a sense that they were a part of the community. Mm. Tim Anderson, you know he's just an ordinary, everyday guy who plays hard and who loves being himself. I That's hear you. what's great I, about this White Sox team. Hey, Willie, I, I really appreciate the call. Good stuff. I want to push against that a little bit with Jason Hayward, though. Jason Hayward just last week or two weeks ago gave a tremendous amount of money and time. He's going to be giving time to building a sports facility in the Austin neighborhood. And he was a big part of what we did with the Radiothon and the What About Chicago Radiothon. So Jason Hayward is a guy trying to walk the walk and talk the talk, actively being connected to the community in that way, even though he's from Georgia and he's not from here. Thanks for the call, Willie. I mean, Tim Anderson, I think, is from Alabama, right? Tim from Alabama and not from here, but very much a part of the community. That's a fascinating perspective from an older guy who's lived through a lot and has found himself shifted to the White Sox for the reasons that he gave. You know, um, there is there are a lot of uh, there will be diverse players. There will be a lot of diversity on the next great Cubs team because baseball is full of diversity. It's it's one of the great and undeniable things about the game right now is that the best players come from all over the place, whether it's Vlad Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., Shohei Otani. I mean, you know, all over the place. And if you don't have diversity, you probably don't have a very good team. 670, the score is where you are. Matt Spiegel is who you're with on hit and run. John Greenberg at the top of the hour. Did you know that Yasmani Grandal got thrown out on purpose the other night? I didn't know that. 
I want to hear about that from his rehab stint. We'll hear that next and continue the conversation with you guys on Hit and Run on the Score. We're open to anyone who wants to come in and root for, for the White Sox. That, 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 look, uh, we think there's a lot of fun times to be had watching this squad, not just over the next couple of months, but over and it would be a shame for anyone to, to miss out. So welcome aboard. <laughs> that is, that is Rick Hahn welcoming people aboard. And that is indeed the case for a lot of folks. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. It's also the number to text. A couple people pushing back a little bit on that caller. Willie, I really enjoyed that conversation, enjoyed his contribution. But um, Anthony Rizzo certainly was an active part of the community. Uh, Javier Baez and Wilson Contreras have both been um, active and tried to be connective to the community. I mean, Tim Anderson is a very special guy in that way and obviously speaks more directly to Willie because uh, of them both being African-American. But I push back with Hayward, and it's important to push back a little bit, too, as well, with, um, with Rizzo and with some of those other guys. Uh, Javi, Javi especially. I mean, I keep thinking about Javi. Um, and again, I mentioned that next week we'll take kind of a broader look on just how far away the Cubs are and what they might do in the offseason. That's the guy. If they're going to go out and get anybody that they just launched at the deadline, that's the guy. And I know he can be frustrating, but that's the guy for a, a, a number of reasons that I think kind of kind of makes sense. And one of them is uh, one of them certainly is presentational and part of uh, the connective tissue with fans, with the Latin American community. With Latin America itself, remember that a lot of young ballplayers who the Cubs try to sign internationally as free agents adore and idolize Javier Baez. Also remember that there's a big old void at shortstop right now for the Cubs. Ed Howard is still in a ball. Um, there's, you know, uh, Matt Duffy's been playing some shortstop, folks. There, there are going to be there are going to be a lot of free agent shortstops who sign for a lot of big money, and then there's going to be some guys who are surprised at the market that does not materialize for them, and one of them I think is Javier Baez, and we talked about that when he was here, but this could be a real sensible landing spot for Javi to come back. So we'll see what happens. 312-644-6767. Texture said I couldn't hang on to talk with you, Speaks, but want to let you know that my 97 year old mother who grew up less than two miles from Wrigley, Wrigley, is a diehard White Sox fan and is enjoying this season greatly. Good for her. This is uh, Gardner in Chicago. Is this Chauncey Gardner? I don't know. Or Gardner your first name? Gardner Minshew? Or is Gardner your last name? Now Gardner I want dropped. To know. Gardner dropped. We'll never know the answer to that question. Frankie G is in Naperville now on 670 the score. Hello Frankie G, welcome in. Hey, listen, uh, I, I speak listen, I really love your show. It is clear to me that you're passionate about baseball, you do your homework and you know the history of it and I really appreciate your uh, your hard work that you put into it. Listen, Thanks. I have a 
uh, I was fascinated by the by the conversation on diversity. Uh, the only thing that was missing from that conversation, I think, was the issue of of a lot of the diversity is coming from Latin America, which is fine. That's great, but I don't see many African Americans in baseball, and that that's kind of a concern of mine as a longtime baseball fan. And I'm just uh, don't want to leave that out of the conversation because I think that that's very very key if we're really going to get diversity in Major League Baseball. Uh, thank, I'll, thank I'll be quiet and uh, listen to some of the callers. Thanks, Frank. You appreciate you. Uh, earlier in the show, we talked to um, uh, Bob Kendrick from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Um, we've talked about this issue before at different times. I was actually wondering, you know, if, if a guy like Willie, if an African-American like Willie looks at um, dark-skinned Latins and identifies with them, you know, if you look at Eloy or Luis Robert and 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 feel and feel, you know, the same kind of uh, kinship and, and warmth and and the same kind of um, hope for kids if they feel that as they're turning on the TV. And I guess that's the real question, because Willie talked about how growing up he felt that when he saw Ernie Banks and saw Fergie Jenkins and Billy Williams, like, oh, man, there's people that look like me. And, and I wonder if young African-American kids see, you know, uh, Latin players like that and and feel that same kind of bond and connection in terms of African-Americans uh, in baseball. Been an issue of the dwindling numbers for a long time. It makes so much sense for it to be a goal of um, athletes within that community because baseball money is real, man. And baseball opportunities are wider and more possible than some other sports. That's why guys like Tim Anderson doing the work that he does and the Players Alliance, the Players Alliance doing the work that they do on a national level, trying to promote the game um, within inner city communities and other African community, African-American communities is is really valuable and necessary. Totally. Appreciate the call. 312-644-6767. Do I have time to play this? I mentioned I wanted to play this. Can we play this? Yes, let's play this. This is Yasmani Grandal. He got kicked out of a game at AAA. He got kicked out of a game in his rehab stint at Charlotte. Why the hell did that happen, Yasmani? Please tell us. Well, I mean, last night, um, it actually, you know, it goes back to Tuesday. Um, you know, they had the umpires just had a really bad game. Um, after the game, as they're walking down the tunnel, I just let them know. I said, hey, you know, you guys had a really good day today. Um, guy that was at third base apparently didn't get. He was behind the plate yesterday. I struck out. I turned around, didn't even look at him. And I told myself that, uh, you know, that was a really bad uh, bat. Not quite that way, but I didn't even scream it out loud. I just said it under my breath. He thought I was talking to him, and that's why he threw me out. Um, from a player's perspective, I mean, if I'm not really looking at you, I'm not really talking to you. So the only reason why you think I'm talking to you is because your sole purpose was to throw me out. You know, he let me know right away from the first two strikes he called that he was waiting for me to give him, you know, he was waiting for me to give him a rise, so... Instead of looking at him, I started looking at the dugout and everybody kind of knew. So whatever happens, you know, no matter whether I'm playing in the minor leagues or I'm playing in the big leagues, if I'm catching, that's my, that's my staff. That's the way I see it. That's, you know, when I first signed here, I said it, I don't like to lose 
whether I'm on a rehab start or whether I'm, I don't really care where I'm at. Uh, I don't like to lose. So I'm very competitive in that way. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm not going to make you look like, you know, you're dumb. I'm going to wait till the right time to do it. Uh, I'm going to wait till, till the fans are out there. I'm going to wait. I'm going to do it the right way. Um, but the fact that, you know, he threw me out, it was, it was kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know he threw me out until I got to the dugout because I wasn't even really looking at him. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Grandal, man. That's an interesting guy. That is a very fiery and edgy dude who stands up for his teammates, and that's commendable. That is a really good pitch framer and a, a, a supportive and loyal handler of pitchers who I just hate watching defensively in every other aspect. Every other aspect. It was the, the other night, Sean, I don't think it was last night. I think it was the other night where he, he dropped. Yeah, he wasn't playing catcher last night. It was Friday night. He, he, he too quickly tried to make a tag. It might have been, been safe anyway, but he too quickly tried to, to field a ball and make a tag. Just everything defensively that a catcher needs to do other than pitch framing, I hate watching him do. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.